Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We drink tequila. We talk. Welcome to Team Tequila Talks. Talk, talk. Okay. Okay. Well, hello. All right. So we're going to be passing out some pink shots. We got pink drinks today. Pink drinks. Pink drinks. But not the Starbucks pink drink. Hell this is no. This is the healthy pink drink. This is the healthy pink drink. Healthy pink as healthy drink. healthy as tequila can be. Yeah. So we're going to start with, um, by special request. Yes. From our guest, Ariel Tweedo. Everybody, welcome to Team Tequila Talks. We're going to give a little cheers to get the episode cheers. started. Cheers, cheers, my lady. And we, by special request from Ariel, are doing a cocktail and a shot. You are welcome. Oh my God, that's delicious. <laughs> it's delicious. What is this? So this is from our friends at Como's Tequila. We know and love them. Um, if you are a regular listener, you see them pop on quite a bit. But they have this rosé reposado, or sorry, rosa reposado. Rosa. Yeah, I know. Reposado, I like reposado yep. rosa. And what it is is they age their tequila in red wine barrels, so it ends out. It ends up becoming pink. Mm-hmm. And we thought since it's February and it's Valentine's Day, and it's almost Lovers Day. Lovers, Lovers Day. Day. Oh, it's almost like. It's sweet. Well, it's not sweet, but like vanilla. It's your taste. So it's basically, I think this is basically in a reposado. This is basically a reposado. So you're getting, so you're getting those vanilla notes, that caramel, but it's just aged in French red oak wine barrels. So you're getting everything you need in a reposado, but it's just pink. Oh, it just makes my stomach feel so warm. Is making you feel in love? Fall in love? With the Rosa? Yeah. Fall in love with the Rosa. All right. Well, I'm actually splitting mine in two because I kind of wanted to savor it. Yeah. I wanted to kind of taste it a little bit more as opposed to downing it. I don't love shooting Comos. I like to enjoy Comos. Yeah, I know. Me too. Which is why I decided to, this is going to be like a three-part shot for me because I really enjoy tasting it. But we have our guest, Ariel Tweedo. And I think you probably might have originally seen her on Discovery Channel on Flying Wild Alaska. Which I think is just such a cool concept. And now you are doing some voiceover work. Yep, doing some voiceover work, doing a couple adventure TV shows, traveling, goofing off. Is it the Great North or the Great White North? So the Great North. The Great North. That's yep. what I thought. That's, but I didn't want to say it wrong. Wait, so. is, that's the travel that's show? That's the animated series. The animated series. Oh, the series. animated series. Yeah. Nick Offerman, Jenny Slate, Alanis Morissette, Will Forte. Ooh. And then you... I walk in there. I'm like, what the heck am I doing in here? Because I do not know what I'm doing at all. (laughs) Well, tell us how you started. How do you get to be a voiceover actress and not want to be a voiceover actress? Oh, man. I I wanted to. But then I like I wanted to. I wanted to. I just I've never studied it. I don't know what I'm doing. But um, so the Great North is about this little odd Alaskan family. Um, and I honestly, I'll be super honest. I think the, like a big reason I got it is because I'm a native Alaskan and I think they needed, um, someone to represent Alaska. And so I'm like, no shame. I will be that person. No, no. <laughs> it's the truth. It's the truth. Yeah. So, so I feel super grateful and I, I love it and I'm learning so much. It's terrifying. The last episode, I we just did a table read, and my character is stoned the whole time, so I have the giggles, and I'm like, 
Uh, when's recording? Because I need to do some research. <laughs> which, is, which means tequila. Yeah. I have which to say that I've mean. had times where I like I had to be drunk on camera, and I don't get drunk. But I, because you don't want to be drunk on set, that can actually be pretty dangerous. Yeah. You can trip yeah. over stuff and whatnot. But I have absolutely taken like a quarter ounce to get the taste in my mouth, right? Yeah. To get that like it takes you back, right? Like it takes you to that place where you have had several drinks right and it's got the, it's like it's got the it's the taste in your mouth and it's got that you know the smell and it just kind of helps you be a bit methody i guess yeah um it's literally just like kind of like a swirl in your mouth yeah. just so you can get that taste and it i think it's kind of a way to get in that head like space. body memory okay i might try that because yeah i've never um yeah I, I was like i don't know how to get there or do research because I love laughing so much but <laughs> fake laughing it's hard through the whole episode it's so hard and then you feel sort of dumb you're just like ha 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 and then I'm like what was that I don't even laugh like well that. now you have a, a new appreciation what's that movie where they were all stoned um, oh, it's pineapple. The hang- yes. Pine- now you have a different appreciation for that movie. I know. That's I feel like really hard. That crew is not shy about being stoned all the time. It wouldn't <laughs> surprise me if they were actually stoned. Yeah, or it's, they're just really good actors. Really good actors. It's, well, my first episode, I'm a clam vagina, and then and then oh. I then oh. like you never know what you're going to get when you're reading the script, and that's what makes but it so exciting. Oh, it was so fun. A clam vagina. Yeah, there was like the. The little girls had put on a play for their school, and it was all about like feminism and like vaginas, and so I was a clam. <laughs> I mean, you got to go into the the heads of these writers. Yeah, I guess a, it kind of looks like a clam. Well, you can do so many different things. It's got that pearl in the middle. <laughs> I know. That's what it's, I'm it's like that you get, or is that is that oysters or clams? I think that's it's oysters. Oh, no, yeah, it's oysters. But, okay. oysters. but an oyster also can look vaginal. Yeah, totally. yeah. I just yeah, I could not pick. I think I don't know if I could tell the difference between an oyster and a clam in the wild. I think clams are smaller and have smoother shells. Yes, right. For and sure. Oysters are, rough. are yeah, and they're kind of bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. But both delicious. Well, I think with animated series, you just have so much room to do whatever you want, yeah, right? Because you're not bound by this the the the. I guess the boundary, yeah. down by the boundaries of this dimension, yeah. right? Everything's possible in animated world. Like yeah. every everything's possible. I'm, and I'm falling in love with animation. Like I want to write my own cartoon now. And it's just, it's so fun. It's like you're going to the playground because everyone's laughing. Um, you learn to try to have no fear like everyone else around you. But it's, it, it is just like just coming in sort of green and not knowing like what the heck I'm doing was scary. But now that I see everyone's just non-judgmental, they, they, everyone just wants to do their best job. And I'm yeah. just like, I want to go in there fearless and just like have a good time. Eddie Murphy recently was talking about possibly doing a put a puss in boots. He, who is he in the donkey? He wants his own donkey oh, movie yeah. from, um, well, puss in boots got that's no. Antonio Banderas, isn't it? Right. Cause he got the spinoff, but right. Eddie Murphy didn't get the spinoff from what's the Yet. movie called. Yeah. So he was like, I, the other day he was promoting another film and he was like, I really want to do donkey because that's the only time as an actor, you can be that big. And you don't, you're not bound by what the lens sees and, and like over exaggerating or telling. And so he's like, he loves it. Cause he's like, I show up in my sweats, no hair and makeup. I don't have to brush my teeth necessarily. <laughs> yeah. He's like, and I get paid millions and millions of dollars to go. Ah! Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. I wish I took that though. So I do adventure shows and stuff too. And then I go and looks at some of the edits and I'm like, dang it. I wish I brushed my hair. 
or I wish I put on some kind of like under eye stuff. And then, but then when I'm doing it, I'm like, no, I'm a wild woman. I want to be dirty. Yeah. And then you go and like, but you actually are a wild woman. You mentioned that you are native Alaskan and that is why you got cast on this show. But I mean, I think we should paint the picture. You are remote native Alaskan, which brings me to the cocktail that we're drinking because you grew up in a very small town outside of Nome, Alaska, which is pretty much the northernmost point of Alaska, right? It's it's like mid, but it's probably one of the biggest, I guess it's the biggest town like on the Arctic Circle or above. Right, right, right. Fact check that, but it's like near (laughs) near there. You are our fact checker. (laughs) You are. I mean, you are the resident expert here. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's way up there. So I've talked to, I've talked to you several times and you go, yeah, you know, we just we just catch our food at home. We just mm-hmm. go, we eat what we can find. It's very seasonal. We eat all kinds of just raw meat, raw fish, etc. So we came up with this cocktail for you that was a blend of Valentine's Day and a blend of Tweedo. Oh. And it is called, are we calling it the Forger or the the Love Forger? I think the, you should get to decide. I think it should be the Love Forger. <laughs> because also, lover of nature. It doesn't have lover to be. Lover of travel. True. Lover of travel. True, true. It, you don't have to, like, love a person for Valentine's no. Day. Can I just go on a date with nature for you my sure Valentine's? Can. I mean, look, I think this cocktail, it, which, by the way, is it's a TTT really original created by Cassandra. Well, we kind of always put our own spins, but a lot of times, like there's only so many ways that you can spin a classic margarita. Right. And this is definitely more of a super original, try to do a little bit of research online to find something similar and it doesn't exist. That's insane. So therefore it is an original. It is. And it has, let's tell people what it has. And it has, we reuse Jim and Bolt, which also we featured on the show before. Female owned company. It has Damiana in it. Which- What's Damiana? So Damiana is, uh, is, is an herb and it's kind of, it's from the earth. It's in, you can find it in Texas, but it's more local to Mexico. And it is an herb that can be, it is an aphrodisiac. So hey, Valentine's Day. Hey, uh, whether you, listen, whether you want to love someone else or love nature, we're not mad at you if you want to go enjoy nature after having some but bestiality isn't okay (laughs) no no i meant like go get down with yourself out in the bushes oh okay (laughs) i was just saying that's not okay did you guys both go there yeah i I did i was like hey i I could get down on some moose (laughs) (laughs) well sheep but you can get down with some sheep, which is why the sheep herders have laws and all that stuff. Oh, my oh, God. Yeah. You went there, Sherry. <laughs> no. Well, we both thought you were <laughs> No, I, get, I, okay. meant, like, I was thinking, like, sex on the beach, but with yourself. Oh, like, you okay. know, get, okay. get, you know. In, in the bush. In yeah. the bush. Or on the beach under a towel. I, I don't know. In go, the bush. Go be with nature and love yourself. But this <laughs> is, it. this is, the forager kind of was birthed from this idea of a nuts and berries shot, which is Frangelico and Chambord, or your respective nut and raspberry liqueurs. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was a little sweet and it comes with heavy cream. So it was a little sweet and heavy. And I wanted to take the spirit of that and kind of the nuts and berries, especially with this, this forager aspect of growing up in wild Alaska and blending with Valentine's Day, having a pink drink and taking this nuts and berries concept and introducing tequila. Which we have to say, it's quite delicious. It's actually really good. It's really it's so good. good. And it's pink. So it's very, I feel like, useful for Valentine's. But you can also have it whenever you feel like it. Oh, 100%. But it's definitely beautiful. We poured it in the glass. 
It is like blush pink, I would say. It looks like rosé. or like, like this rosé. Rose, totally. Rose, rose, oh my gosh. Reposado rosé. <laughs> we haven't even finished it first. I haven't even finished it. Oh, but, but then when you pour the coconut milk, it gives you that really like swirly white pink like yeah. effect. So it's actually a very beautiful drink, kind of sexy. So if you're yeah. doing like a little Valentine's by yourself or in the bush. Or with yourself. your partner. <laughs> or with your partner. But not cheap. But yeah. not cheap. I mean, not cheap. I think that this, it, it did look really pretty. It kind of looks like in the coffee commercials or, you know, coffee shop spots where they pour the cream and the black coffee and it's got that cloudy, milky, very mm-hmm. cool uh, effect. It's I don't very know much what, you that would, what you would call that. I don't know. But that it is. has that effect. It's galaxy. It was not Ooh. difficult to make, though. No. So I would say that this is 100% a cocktail that you could whip out for date night totally and look really impressive Mm -hmm. but not have to do a ton of work totally i honestly when you told me what was in there i was like "Mm." seems like a lot (laughs) yeah it seems like a lot and then it's like tequila chambord frangelico what then coconut coconut milk milk. and it's actually light and refreshing i was not expecting that on that note we used light canned coconut milk. So the reason that we use the canned coconut milk when we make cocktails is because sometimes the boxed coconut milk can have preservatives, thickeners, uh, it, there's, there's, they add things to it to enhance the flavor, well, enhance the shelf well, life. Well, I just learned why in the Tetra packs, why they add those. So, um, we drink milk. My husband drinks milk, that almond milk. It's very clean. It's like almonds, water, and salt. But I went on the company's website and I went to the about and it says their container, it's like a thick, I don't know if you ever noticed how smooth and thick that plastic is. Yeah. It's a recycled plastic and it the shelf life is longer because they use a more recycled and expensive plastic. But when you use Tetra, you need a preservative. The cardboard. You're to, talking about um, the sorry, cardboard. The cardboard yeah. in the lining of it is called Tetra. It's like a T-E-T-R-A pack. It's like aluminum on the inside and cardboard on the outside. Yeah, right? it, but it eats organic material so they have huh. to line it right with preservatives okay. so sometimes so that's why this company malk is like no we buy the more ex- it's seven it's 8.99 for a small small i don't even know if it's a whole liter it's probably like 750 yes no probably and he said if we go taller then we'd have to add preservative because right. it's a natural organic oh product so i just learned that like oh so the smaller it is it's expensive because it's expensive for them to make Mm -hmm. but it's to keep it natural so that's an interesting thing because i anytime i go to a coffee shop it's so funny because because you came over earlier and said hey can i get you a coffee and i go yeah but i can't have almond milk from coffee shops because i am incredibly reactive ostensibly allergic to sunflower and sunflower oil like i got to check my chips i got to check like anything that's processed i have yeah. to make sure that it doesn't have sunflower oil so i can never have almond milk from a coffee shop because it is always the stuff that comes in these cardboard tetra packs <laughs> and i will get it will ruin me for about 4 to 6 hours yeah. So I can do sometimes do coconut milk because that's naturally they don't use thickeners as often because coconut is naturally more thick. Mm-hmm. But I go to this one coffee shop and I'm going to call them out because this is going to be like this is going to be a love hate thing. Ready? Blue bottle coffee Ooh. in Los Angeles. Okay. 
I love their coffee. They're not in the service it's business, though. So good. That's exactly what oh, I was just going to say. There. They yeah. are all such assholes. And I'm calling you, you out right yeah. now, Blue Bottle, because I can also say at the same time it's delicious. It's so good. That New Orleans, it's, what is it, New Orleans it's the style? New Orleans coffee. Oh, it's, yeah. so it's got the good. chicory root in oh, it. It's and so good. The other thing that I love about them is that they use good milk. They, and so good milk doesn't have any oils or preservatives in it. It's just like, Almonds, water, maybe sea salt, maybe dates. I don't yeah. think so. It's not very sweet. Yeah. So I like this is why I feel comfortable calling out Blue Bottle because your coffee is fucking amazing. Phenomenal. But everyone that works there is such a dick. It takes like 20 minutes oh, to get your coffee. Yeah, and they're true. so arrogant. I once so went it. in and said like, hey, can I just have, you know, they make all of their coffees when you order. Yes. There's no batch coffee. Nope. So it is all fresh pour overs. And you go in, you order your coffee. It's like, I don't mind waiting a few minutes for that. You're getting like, you can taste the difference. But I asked for like, can I just do a coffee and like some um, steamed milk, like a misto? And they were like, we don't do do that Ah, And they like, but but they didn't just say we didn't do it. Like the (laughs) attitude (laughs) that I, that like they caught a serious attitude. And every time I go in there, they're like, you can wait for your coffee. I think they know that they're amazing. So they're so arrogant. It's honestly, every person I know, and I'm a coffee drinker. I drink it twice a day. I didn't even have to say it. And you already knew where I was going. Every person I know with Blue Bottle has the same they're like man that coffee is so good but the girl did never even look me in my eye like her back my girlfriend went in she's like her back was like yeah can how can i help you and was like she was like can i what's in this drink she's like it's on the list everything in the drink is listed on the list ma'am i know but if you're paying like their their coffees are like eight (laughs) dollars for a small one i know it's so small the other day i ordered two because i was like one's is this not a one coffee kind of day i need two and i brought my own cup to mix them in so i could have like a double like a double coffee because there is no option it's one size right yeah and i I, listen i love their i I do love their coffee and i put up with the attitude because it's that good and maybe that's why they do it i don't know Maybe but it's the lure. I, maybe it's the lure. I don't know, but maybe I also started ordering with their app, so I have to have, so minimal interaction with the people there. Oh, they have an app. They have an app, and you can pre-order. And when you show up, you just pick it up. See, I'm usually that's kind of I'm usually the kind of person that's like, if it's bad customer service, I won't return. Same, but I like their coffee so much. But I'm also a little bit of a hooker. And like, if it's good enough, I'm coming back. <laughs> like, I'm like, mm. I do the same thing if they have crap customer service. I, I, there's so many options out there in the world that I'd really love to give my business to somebody that's happy to have it. Yeah. No passion. And it's and, true. Right. Happy or just kindness. It's so easy. I'm just like, I want to be around people that are nice. It's easier to be nice. It takes effort to be super mean and rude and assholey. And I say mm-hmm. that because a lot of people forget when you look at a baby, when they're crabby, it's for a reason. They are hungry or they shat their pants or yeah. pissed on themselves. Reflux. Reflux. Yeah, Don't know how to communicate. Don't have the it's use their only of, means. It's their only means. But when you become an adult and you walk and you had a bad day and you walk into a meeting, it is not your job to come into that meeting with a day on your chest. 100%. You need to walk in there and say everyone's had a day. Yep. Let's just create or, do, or have this meeting, do what we need to do, and I'll deal with it. But most people dump their emotional shit on other people they all day long. Yeah. I will say anytime someone walks in and is like, how, hey, how are you doing today? Because this is now a common greeting, and I have a problem with this as a whole. And someone's like, hi, how are you? Hi, how are you? Like, it's, it, it's like, it's, it's not, you're not even thinking about what you're asking or what you're saying. Yeah. And you're like, you're checking out my groceries. You don't really want to know. Yeah. Right? Just say, hey, hope you're having a good day. Don't, don't ask me how I'm doing because – 
I'll tell you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but I think anytime someone walks into a room and is like, guys, sir, ma'am, whatever, I've had a day. I'm doing my best. I would appreciate your patience. Almost everybody's going to go like, okay, yeah, yeah. I got you. Yes. But if you just project and you're a dick and you don't explain where you're at, then people are just going to be like, well, that person's an asshole. Yeah. But I think that's attention-seeking behavior when you're purposely being mean and, and you're changing the energy in the room and you're shifting everyone over. You mean yeah. you, that someone wants them to go, someone somebody to go, hey, is something wrong? wrong? What's wrong? And yeah. I usually don't reward that with an ask. I just hit the ignore button. Yeah. <laughs> I started doing with my friends, like the, the, I read, um, have you guys read Atlas of the Heart by no. Brene Brown? Um, changed my life. So basically, Brene Brown, yeah. you guys all know her. She oh. came up with this book called Atlas of the Heart, and she goes over 87 different emotions. Like, how to articulate the difference between being jealous and envious or stressed Ooh, and overwhelmed. so specific. Yeah. But, but it's so specific, and I'm like, shh. Oh, can I cuss on here? Yes. I'm like, shit. Oh, yes. Like, that's <laughs> what I was feeling? I didn't know how to say that. But now, okay, so now with my friends, and say instead of just being like, Cass, how are you doing? You, you say, what are you feeling? Because it's impossible to feel one emotion at this one time. So That's, when you're grieving, you could also feel relief. You could feel sadness. When you're happy, you could also feel like fear or something. So in, so if you actually want a conversation with a friend or someone that you really care about, instead of just saying, like, how are you? Say, like, what are you feeling? That's or, so or, good. Well, because most yeah. people don't take the time to check in with themselves. Yeah. Because my guess is that when you say that, you probably have a lot of people that are going, what the oh, hell? How am I feeling? Yeah. I haven't mm-hmm. thought about this today. Yeah. We we live in this culture where everything is go, 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 that you don't actually stop and check in with yourself yeah. that often. Like sometimes yeah. you do. I try to make it a priority at least a few times a week, but that's yeah. not enough. I know. Yeah, I mean, I have a therapist, yeah. so my therapist helps me be like, how are you? But I think what you're saying is, what Brene Brown is saying is actually very profound because when I feel a large amount of happiness, fear injects itself. Mm-hmm. And it's been that way for years. And I know this is like an issue of mine where I'm like, can't be too happy because the world has a way of humbling you. Oh yeah. And I, you know, and, it, but both can be true. And I reserve, I hold space for both. Cause I'm, I know the moment something good happens or like, I'm like, Oh, like my daughter did this. I'm like, I'm so proud of you. <gasps> Wait, what's going to happen? Yeah. You know? Because you're like, why did I deserve all this? I dealt with that for a long time. And I don't think that I do anymore because I think I've shifted my perspective to go like, listen, there's always going to be problems, right? So like you shift your perspective and maybe that problem has cleared up over there. But now I got this one over here. One of my favorite authors is Mark Manson. Mm. And he has this whole theory about like, listen, the second that you live a problem-free life is the second that you're dead. Life is all about exchanging your existing set of problems for, for a, a better set. a better set, mm-hmm. yeah. an improved set of problems. Like maybe you start off in your 20s and you can't pay your rent. And then, you know, fast forward a few years and you're paying your rent just fine, but you're not giving yourself enough time because you're working all the time, yeah. right? So it's all about the exchange of taking the problems that you have and getting better versions of those problems. And I think that even if you're a millionaire, you might, I mean, I used an example with money there, but it's also relationships. It's also personal mentality. And Ariel, you've done so much work with mental health. And I feel like this is a very natural 
passion for you, this book, and just kind of getting into how can we get people to vocalize how they're feeling, both mentally, spiritually, emotionally, because you've done a bunch to kind of get people to acknowledge where they're at mentally. Yeah. No, suicide prevention is like a huge thing in my life. Um, I, I mean, I grew up in a village. I went to school with fluctuating depending on the years, like 12 to 16 people. And my graduating class, like seven died by suicide. And so after my like best friend died by suicide, I was like, I need to do something. Like, what is going on? Like, why mm-hmm. is this happening so much in like our circle of friends? Like, I, I have over like third. I like me and my friend like counted it the other day, but we stopped at thirty four. We were like, these Oof. are close friends and family. That's a and, lot. Yeah, but well, get back to a happier note really fast. Right. Not a happier note, but so going back to um said something about like holding grudges and choosing to be happy. It's yeah. so much easier to like choose happiness. Totally. Okay. I want to ask you guys though, cause you guys like have kids and like, like cultured and everything. Mm-hmm. So for me, I could have someone pass away or cheat on me or do something like really crappy, but I will forgive them in like 30 seconds. And so my Ooh. sisters think I'm a fool, but I'm like, I know in a year I'm going to, like, all my exes I'm best friends with. And then, like, all of them I'm so close with. My last ex, like, pretty much set him up. I was like, you're going to either date my sister or my best friends because I love you so much. But I'm not going to, like, I'm, I'm just not good at relationships. So I'm like, go, like, just pick one of them. I want you to be happy and you're such a good mm-hmm. person that I want. I would prefer that you be happy with one of my people yeah. because I would like to keep you in my life. Exactly. But maybe I'm just not refined in, or in a place where I could be in, accepting in a relationship right now. Because you're so nomadic. Yeah. Yeah. You're all yeah. over the place. Yeah. You fly yeah. into but, L.A. and you like you do these adventure shows. And every time I talk to you, you're somewhere else. So that's got to be difficult yeah. for a relationship. But, but Thank you. It, it, it is super difficult. But then my question, though, is... For me, I think it's healthy to bypass the anger and the like being envious or something. And I could immediately and honestly, I could could immediately put myself in like, that's fine. Like, we're good. I and I'm happy and I'm not kidding. Mm -hmm. My sisters are like. It's it's fake. I'm like it's not okay. Like, here's, I don't want, here's yeah. my comment on that because yeah. I actually this is something that I've talked about with my husband before. Mm-hmm. He always says you're so chill, you're so chill, you're so mm-hmm. chill, and it's it's not that I'm necessary. I'm actually very type A. I'm I have a hard time just relaxing. What he means is that it takes a lot to elicit an angry response out of me. And I remember being in college, and even like my college boyfriend at the time. I would, he would do something, college, whatever, like not even that, that big of a deal. Um, He got too drunk at a frat party and then threw up on my shoes or whatever. Like, I I don't know. I just made that up. But um, (laughs) I I remember so many times my sorority sisters or my friends being like, aren't you pissed? I'd be pissed. I'd be pissed for sure. You should go tell him. You should go tell him that you're pissed. And I remember thinking, you know, in college is kind of that age, you know, late teens or early twenties is kind Hmm. of the first time that you're alone. You have the autonomy as an adult to act on these things right mm-hmm. you're not you're not in a school where a teacher is telling you what you can or can't do you're not around a parent it's you getting to decide how you want to live your life and I remember going yeah no I totally like you're right Shh. wait but should I be mad about this I don't think I'm actually mad about or this. how do I get mad about well this? I know but there, there's so many times where I'm like this is not how I want to expend my energy 
this is not where I want to give my energy. I want to I want to wait for the things that I'm actually really upset about because mm-hmm. I don't want to pretend like I, I don't want to make a, th- a thing out of nothing. I don't want to pretend like I'm mad about something when my I don't have that internal response mm-hmm. or the okay. energy. Well, I completely opposite of the two of you. <laughs> <laughs> it is like door number one. You guys are door number two. I'm door number one, which is it depends on what happened. So, like, you get into the realm of, like, disrespectful behavior. And I'm talking about with friends. I'm not even talking, like, husbands, boyfriends, yes. I mean, I've been cheated on by ex-boyfriends. Like, I've had friends that have came and gone. Um, And I think what I always do, which is just kind of a life skill that my grandmother taught me, is before you overreact, you got to make sure that person was clear. And you like, was it a mistake or was it an intentional fuck? Yes, because then your reaction then is warranted because if someone was like, oh, my God, you're offended by that. Fuck. No, sorry. I I didn't mean to do that. Then that elicits a response to me like, oh, shit, you didn't even know that. Oh, well, we're good. I, that's kind of what we were talking about earlier in the conversation, the though, is intention. the intention yes. of when you say something, what is the intention behind mm-hmm. it? And I think that that is, I can't say everything because, listen, you could say something really negative, And even if you say it in jest, it's going to hurt someone. Yes. But I do think that intention is about 90%. I, I agree. Think so. And I think, like, your heart could only hold so much energy and I so sound so like woo woo but no, we love it, the we love it here. We love <laughs> but it is it's like it could only hold so much space and so if I you come across situations every day that you could you could have hurt someone some one could have hurt you but it goes back to like the intention my intention was not to hurt somebody right. theirs was not to hurt me all this stuff um have you guys ever heard like the um analogy of like a crayon box of your emotions. Like yes. most people have like red, blue, purple, whatever. The primary the, colors. Yeah. Primary is, colors. Is it mm-hmm. anger, happiness, sadness. And so when I talk to my sisters, they're like, you're so basic. You're the most basic crayon box. Don't you want these magentas, maroons? Sometimes that complicates things though. I know, but you want to be a periwinkle? No, no you don't. Yeah. You want to be blue or yeah. purple. But then, but then <laughs> am I, so my question like earlier, I wanted to go back to it and yeah. like, am I missing out on magenta? Or maroon. This is my this is my perspective on um, emotional behavior and emotional intelligence because they're two separate things. How you behave is usually a past trauma because it's quick. Well, that has a lot to do with shaping your perception because yeah. if, someone, if someone does or says something to you that is kind of cutting into an existing scar, like a trauma, you're going to yeah. react a certain way. And it's quick. It's quick. Versus if something's happening for the first time, you are going to go, oh, well, that must have been a mistake. And right. you move on. You move on. And I feel like emotional intelligence is something that I do. Me and my husband, we are very, you know, it took me a long time to get a place where I understood under other people's emotion outside of my own. Cause I was a very reactive for a very long time. And then it took me a while to like learn to see other people's reaction and then adjust my reaction. And with our daughter, we do a lot of exercises with her where we sit her down and we're like, how are you feeling when that person did that? And she's like, well, I don't know. I got angry. You know I mean? She's <laughs> not an adult. And I'm like, yeah, but did you feel a little sad maybe mm-hmm. she's like well i did my feelings were hurt because she wasn't my friend you know whatever it was but then it 
you draw her down emotionally to talk about it in real words. And then she's like, I actually don't really at the bottom of everything. I really don't care about that argument. It's I love my friend. Like, and I think as adults, you lose. So our parents weren't probably great at emotional intelligence or emotional IQs. So, well, we just know more now because I mean, this is a really, my mom all the time would make, we weekly had spaghetti night, right? And we're not Italian. We're not Italian. (laughs) No, you're not. You're like a Viking. Uh, And so my mom would always get like bagged or boxed spaghetti and a can of Prego and uh, those pre-made super chemical laden breadsticks. (laughs) Super chemical laden. And like, tell me the Parmesan cheese with the green top. The Parmesan cheese with the green top that doesn't go bad for a decade and ants won't touch it. That's in the the war bunker. It's so (laughs) bad for you. And now, but the the thing is, is back in the 90s, my mom was like, homemade meal. This is way better than McDonald's. And, you know, frankly, she's not wrong on that front. Is it in the same ballpark as McDonald's with all of those preservatives and chemicals and all that stuff? Sure. It's very different than going to an Italian restaurant where they hand make the pasta and the sauce. And, like, I always make my own sauce now, and I make a big batch of it, and I freeze it. It's very good. Because there's no preservatives or anything. And I never am upset with my mother for that. Like, how could you feed me that stuff? Because... At the time, the knowledge was homemade food is better than fast food. And now the knowledge is like, wait a minute. There's uh, 27 grams of sugar in a can of Prego. I don't know if that's the actual number, but it's up there, right? And people also and a add a teaspoon. And they add a teaspoon. I saw a girl on Instagram. Sugar. Sorry, this is a sidebar. I saw a girl on Instagram the other day. I watch a lot of food videos. I do. And sometimes some of those sneak on my Explore page. And it was like a lady with um, ragu, which is... Basically, yeah, same Prego's as Prego, cousin. same yeah. shit. Yep. And she was like, "And you gotta add a teaspoon of sugar to bring out the flavors." No, it already has a and bunch of sugar. And I was like, nope. "You're adding sugar it on sugar." It already has a bunch of sugar. But the point is, is yeah. like the at the time, the science and our knowledge, and this is before the information technology wave, right? The time at the time, it was, "Hey, eating an at home meal is better than fast food," and. That is correct and is still correct. And now we're fine-tuning that knowledge and saying, yes, an at-home meal, but if you're eating processed foods, it's kind of in the same ballpark as fast food. So mm-hmm. let's what can we do to make some improvements to get fresh pasta or fresh sauce or sauce that maybe does not have the same preservatives and sugar and chemicals and thickeners, et cetera. And so I think that's also the same with you know, just not just parenting, but relationship psychology. Yep. Is that we're learning so much that it's information that the generation before us didn't have. Yeah. I think that, like, it's the balance of everything. Like, okay, think, so my grandma died. She just passed away a couple months ago, but hunted fish every day. Like, grew up in the middle of nowhere, raised 13 kids pretty much on her own, chopping wood, all the stuff. Hence the forager. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hence the forager smoked a cart like a thing of palm oils every day, like Damn. crush buds. Yeah, yeah. And but then we're all just like her social life, her ability, like feeding people every night. She had people at her kitchen table serving people, making herself like available and like your service is the biggest thing. Like to offer your time and your yeah. skills to uh, your community. That I think that you could you could 
like do so many un- unhealthy things. But if you're a part of a community or relationships, if you're yeah. serving other people, I think it's so important and so untouched by that's an intangible yeah. exchange. Yeah, yes. that's something that's feeding your soul, and your yeah. and your soul loves it. There's a, a, a like one of my pastors said a long time ago. He was like, you know, there's a reason why your soul feels so good when you do for others unprompted. Yep. You feel good about yourself. And that's a kinetic energy exchange mm-hmm. where you're doing the human exchange, not the monetary, not you do for me, I do for you, yeah. or let's trade this goat for this horse. It's literally like, I want to do what I feel in this moment. And he's like, and you get that fourfold yeah. back. Well, that's so- like, that's, that's, that's karma, right? Mm-hmm. That's this age old principle of mm-hmm karma where what you put out into the universe is what you get and it might not be like i do something nice for you so you do something nice for me it's not about that it's that if i'm putting out an energy of giving love gratefulness then it's going to come back to me in another way that is i mean that's they've now proven in quantum physics yeah that is real life that's as the world turns yeah Yeah. it's the biggest thing like when i talk to like kids about so suicide prevention. My big thing with suicide prevention, get kids so stoked about being alive. Give them opportunities, experiences, show them how amazing life could be and that they it wouldn't even be an option to like have their life like to kill themselves. How could right. I think about a yeah. life without right. me? And right. so th- one of the biggest things I've learned and I'm still learning and I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. But what I've learned so far is if you could teach these kids to like, hey, if you're having a shit day, go help your grandma chop wood. Go help someone in the grocery store carry their bags. You feel so much better. See the better. service. It's That's always true. comes back you feel to the so acts, much better. acts of service. You're like, I yeah. did this. I made someone's day and then yeah. it inadvertently makes your day because yeah. you made someone else's day. Yeah. And you're like, I did something today that made it better. And I remember yeah. this one time and I recognize that I'm telling people now, but only anecdotally, not on purpose. <laughs> but I remember that Stephen and I were on a work trip and we were at this, we said, let's find this cool local steakhouse. And we went to this steakhouse and it's just him and I were having a little date night celebrating, you know, the end of a long work weekend. And, um, there's this family of four. It's, they're sitting right across from us. It's two kids, two adults. And it clearly looks like the woman is in a wedding dress and the uh, the male is in a suit. And the, so were the two kids. They were in like little mini suits and flower girl, whatever. And we go, we pulled over our waiter. We go, did they just get married? Like, are they, are they here? Like, did they go to the courthouse or something? Aww. Like there, there's, there's no reception. There's, they're, yeah. like, they, they're just like enjoying their day with their children right and we go hey 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 we want to take care of their tab but don't tell them who did it or how don't give any story just say like have a, have a nice day congratulations right and that wasn't so that we could be like yeah to care right. of their tab mm-hmm. it was just how many times you get the opportunity 100%. to do something amazing for like that was their big day yeah. and it but, feels so great it wasn't about the like the bragging rights yeah. it was just about making their day it wasn't day. like hey they, I paid for your tab they were so pumped yeah. but they also were so pumped. but also how great did you feel oh amazing by being able and to have we the told the waiter that if they were if they told them who did it that we were revoking like that that, that it was going to be on the restaurant so yeah. we're like you are not allowed to tell and they they definitely went 
who did it? Who did it? Yeah. And he's like, I'm sorry. All I can say is it's taken care of. And it was like, yes, it was so exciting. And and you feel better than they do receiving. Giving is always better than receiving sexually. Okay, (laughs) Valentine's Day. The love for it. We are talking about Valentine's Day. But giving is always better than receiving because there is... I watched this documentary and I'm a documentary gal. I read a lot, 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 but I also watch a lot of documentaries and I understand some of these people aren't experts, but this guy was a quantum physics MIT grad and he teaches the blah, 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 astronomy, blah, blah, blah. Is that a technical term? Yes. Mm. I don't remember, but it was like four dot, dot, dots, doctor, PhD, doctor, PhD after his name. So he said the reason why giving like when you look when we teach children to give to their friends or want you draw something instead of buying something where it's teaching them from the heart because when they draw a picture I'm talking about small kids when you draw a picture for your friend for the birthday card and you're like I love you I I hope you have a great birthday they're giving a part of their artistry which is a part of their soul mm-hmm. to another person so the idea of like relationships when you choose to spend time with someone you're giving a piece of you to that person all the time and you're giving it freely yeah receiving's great i mean sexually i love receiving too <laughs> but giving is better just not from a sheep we love we love that too bestiality is not great on ttt from a sheep <laughs> but i will say the art of giving is a soul connection it's a soul tie and it's a soul connection that i myself want to get better at i've always told myself i want to get better i wonder because the act this is just coming out of my ass right now Ooh, love Um, that no on the topic of sexual giving and receiving no but i wonder if because it, it, it expends more energy to give. Thought processes like, yeah. behind it. And then instead of receiving, but I feel like when you're giving it, it has so much more. And that's why it feels so much better than just like oh. more rewarding. Yeah. It's intentional. Yeah. When you when you choose to give to someone your time, your energy, whatever, or cook a meal. Yeah. That is important. Is that Oprah's like Oprah's saying it's just like her super soul Sundays. Yes. Hey girl. Uh-huh. No, it's just I, like I, time. I, love, I, mean, I think t- I, she has those three pillars that honestly, yeah. I mean, you can hate on Oprah if you want to. Oh, whatever. I, don't think I, know, on I, I love Oprah. I love Oprah. Yeah. I, love Oprah. I don't love her. I, but how can you hate on her? I, yeah. No one hates Oprah. Okay, I have a quick Oprah story. I have a quick, very quick Oprah story. So I was like ten, nine and my mom's dad, my grandpa, his wife at the time was her executive producer at the old Harpo Studios in downtown Chicago. So we and Siobhan were like, me and my sister, we were like, you know Oprah? She's like, yeah, I'm her EP. And also like a Harpo Studios. She's like, you want to go meet her? And we're like, well, totally. She's like, well, after the audience leaves, you guys can come up. And it was back when she had those foldable chairs in her studios. And me and my sister go and Oprah comes out and she's like, are you guys going to interview me? Because I heard you from California. And Jeannie is like my boss. And she tells me what to do. And she spent two hours with us until I was 18. She told me, she sat me and Siobhan down. She said, hey, I will send you a gift until you're 18. And then she said, you know, I'm moving my show to 3.30. You know, it won't be at 12.30 anymore. That was before it moved. So me and Siobhan went back to school. Post-school. Remember, it moved. It was 12.30, then it moved to 3.30. And then she's like, every birthday hula hoop. I got... Uh, rollerblades when those were like popping. Oprah sent you shit every birthday. Right hand. 
right until I was See? 18 uh, years old. And then my 18th birthday. You expired. You're an old bitch. Well, she 17th birthday. She's like, what colleges are you looking at? And I told her the colleges. And then she's like, if you get into any of your picks that you go to, I will make give you a college appropriate gift. And her gift to me and, and my sister, my sister was a year older than me, was applying for certain scholarships oh, that if we got those gift. scholarships, then she would match awesome. right hand. We can call of my sister. Of course you love Oprah. See? Love Look, and I'm no one. Does that? You I'm get no a scholarship. One. You get a scholarship. You get a hula hoop. You get a hula hoop. <laughs> love Oprah. I love like, Oprah. Well, love shout Oprah. out to Oprah. Cheers, yeah. guys. We're going to wrap it up. Oh, yeah. I know. Team Wait, Talks, Ariel Tweedo, thank you for joining us. This is great. Out the so great fun. north. She's going to be the... Clam pussy. Yeah. Clam. <laughs> clam vagina. I was going to say the native Alaskan. Oh, also, oh, oh, oh sorry. Yeah. <laughs> native Alaskan. Trails and Trailblazers, too. We come out in... I don't even is know. That, is, that your tra- is that your travel? It's, it's a travel show. We will tag mm-hmm. all the Trails things. and Trailblazers and the Great North. Uh, IMAX movie is playing all across America right now in the IMAX theaters. Hit oh. your science hey. Hey. Wait, what, what's your next movie? Um, it's, it's a current movie. Morgan Freeman narrates it. So it's me, him, first Native American astronaut, John Harrington. Uh, Boom, Morgan brother. Freeman is kind of like Oprah. You can't get mad at him. You oh, can't get no mad at him. Um, he Morgan says Freeman. my name, and I'm like, "Can you please put say that it again?" Say it again. Isn't he? Wasn't he God's voice? Wasn't he God's voice on some documentary? Oh, yeah. He voiced the voice. Oh, of, and I'm like, "Oh, I no, that's he, accurate AF." I mean, he's pretty much God. Yeah, I love Morgan Freeman. I, I, I bow down to him. Cheers, guys! Thank Thanks you for joining us so on Team Tequila Talks. And uh, happy February, happy Valentine's happy Day, happy Valentine's Day, love, happy oh. love day. We didn't even talk about it. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> we got it in. We talked about loving yourself. Yes. Bestiality. <laughs> Bushes. Get- Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.